You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. The Green Bay Packers fall to the Minnesota Vikings 28 to 22 on Sunday in a disappointing and frankly embarrassing loss. This is the kind of thing that cannot happen. If you are a Super Bowl contender, you can't lose these games. And Aaron Rodgers said as much after the game in his press conference. Matt LaFleur echoed it. He said, look, the blueprint here is here. We know what the script is. Run the ball on us. And I have been someone who has defended the the run defense insofar as I just don't think the run defense matters that much. You can't have uh, all-time bad performances. This was not quite that. But it is hard to watch this game and not think about the 49ers game last year, especially with the 49ers on deck in just a couple days. Green Bay didn't tackle well. They didn't fit the run well. They lost up front and offensively, they were efficient early, but were not explosive and they have to figure that part of it out. Teams are going to play two safeties. They're going to drop seven and, and force Green Bay to go 13 plays per drive to score, just like Green Bay wants to do. The problem for the Packers is against the, the Vikings, they couldn't get any stops. The first four drives of the game, the Vikings scored Touchdowns, not just scored, scored touchdowns. Dalvin Cook embarrassed them. Four touchdowns, only the second Viking ever to have four touchdowns in a game. To Ramadre shot back in 1979. This Packers defense can't keep playing this way. And and I said coming into the game, remember, you know, they're 22 against the run for the year by DVOA, defense adjusted value over average. That's actually a spot better than they were last year. And by EPA per play, they were a top half of the league run defense with a win probability for either team between 5% and 95%. So they they weren't all-time bad as a run defense. We, we like to build in the narrative and say, okay, well, They proved again they can't stop the run. They gave up 173 yards on the ground, over 5.1 yards per rush. Yeah, that's bad. But it's not. It's really not all-time bad. One of the the Dalvin Cook touchdowns was actually a 50-yard screenplay where the defense just didn't tackle anyone. And part of the problem was the offense couldn't keep pace. They come out and score on their first two drives. They're the only team in the league who has been able to score on their first possession in every single game, but it didn't matter because they couldn't keep it up. Now, part of the reason was of that two shell, and part of the reason was the wind. They they probably didn't feel comfortable taking a lot of 
shot shots, you know, deep plays down the field to test those two deep safeties. And Minnesota took advantage of that. So all of the drives had to be these long, arduous journeys. They had to be 10, 13, 15, 16 play drives if they were going to score. You see now why that is Green Bay's modus operandi when it comes to their defense. Just don't give up anything over the top. And that was Green Bay's plan again against the Vikings. Now, they played some big fronts. It was not like they were playing a bunch of of dime looks against the Vikings. No, Kamal Martin and, and Chris Barnes were in on a lot of these plays. It just didn't matter because the defensive linemen didn't play particularly well. And your your safeties are are too far away from the plays to be really impactful. Adrian Amos had a couple opportunities, but Darnell Savage has not been a big factor this season. Full stop has not been a big factor defensively, and they were just not able to create the, the point of playing the bend but don't break defense. The we're going to make you go 12, 15 plays per drive is. They're going to make mistakes, the offense. They're going to have penalties. They're going to turn the ball over. We're going to be able to create. This is the thought process. We are going to be able to create problems for you. That's the idea. Green Bay feels like, okay, we can create pressure. We can get turnovers. And we're going to have enough negative plays over the course of the game that you're not going to be able to consistently go the length of the field. The problem was Green Bay is not creating turnovers this season. They're not creating pressure this season. They're not disrupting the game this season the way they did last season. And Matt LaFleur, by the way, has had enough. He has had enough and said as much after the game. Said, look, we got to figure this out or I know what's going to happen on Thursday. That was his way of saying either we fix this or we're going to get steamrolled again. And I have to be honest, my reading of those comments and some of the comments that he's made over the course of this season and last season lead me to believe that Mike Patton might be coaching for his job on Thursday. And that that might seem like an overreaction to some, but I think to most of the people listening, they're already in the Mike Patton should be gone camp. When you're not tackling, that's not on the coaching staff. When Preston Smith gets blocked by a tight end, by Irv Smith Jr., and you're, you know, you're giving up 30 pounds to this guy, or he's giving 30 pounds up to you, and you're just getting straight up wham blocked by this guy. That stuff can't happen. You can't. The players have to do the thing. But at a certain point, the talent is too much. I mean, this is something that we've been talking about going to to before the season. This team has the talent to be a really good defense. And it is becoming eerily similar to what happened with Dom Capers. You look at the talent on some of those defenses, they were too talented to be that bad. Really, the only difference between the 2010 team and the 2011 team was Cullen Jenkins. And they go from being a good defense to being one of the all-time worst defenses in the league. And over the course of the, the span of that run for Dom Capers, he misused Micah Hyde, he misused Casey Hayward, he misused Demarius Randall, and at least two of those guys went on to be all pro caliber players elsewhere. Charles Woodson, even after he left, went on to have some really good play in Oakland in his return 
to the Raiders. When you have talent and you're not producing and you're underperforming on that talent, that's when you have a coaching problem. And so when we started the season and I said, look, these guys have just got to play better as Adarius Smith and, and Darnell Savage, Kenny Clark. Well, Kenny Clark was ragdolling interior defenders for the Vikings. Didn't matter. And you had Jair Alexander out there. The DPI call was soft. And I would say softer than the one that the, the Vikings got later in the game when the, the flag was picked up against Tanyan in a, in a move that I don't understand at all. The officiating in this game was terrible and negatively impacted Green Bay. Now, again, they didn't play well enough to win, but the, the officials did not make it any better. I mean, a billion holding calls in a season where they're not calling holding ever. Multiple DPIs that were pretty questionable. And it's just like, you know, you, you can't not play your best game and also have the refs be in this position. But the, the bigger point here is when your guys are out there and they're not playing well and you believe in the talent of your squad, that has to be on the coaches. So you get a couple weeks, right? This is week eight now. This is this is the midpoint basically. This is this is it. This is this is when you have to figure this out because it feels like and and Daryl Johnson was bringing it up throughout the game. The Buccaneers put together a defensive formula and said this is this is what it looks like to stop this offense. And Minnesota didn't blitz. They didn't create a lot of pressure on Rodgers, but they played two shell and they did not give up anything over the top. Matt LaFleur did not seem to alter the game plan very much and Aaron Rodgers was just not able to overcome the both the game plan and the player limitations that he has without Devontae Adams having much help you know no Alan Lazard and you know the Will Fuller rumors out there but of course no trade being pulled off yet you know you, you have to you have to make do and they weren't able to do that the talent if it's there and you're not getting out of this is why Mike McCarthy got fired because they had the talent offensively to be better I mean, you get fired because you can't figure out a way to use Aaron Jones. And the next coach comes in and all of a sudden he's an all pro caliber player. That's why you get fired. So if you're Brian Gutekinds and you're sitting there going, we think Jair Alexander is really good. And Darnell Savage is so talented. And the Smith brothers, we paid a lot of money. And Kenny Clark is an all pro caliber interior defender. And, you know, this Kamel Martin kid is really playing well. And, you know, this is, this is too good a defense to not be playing better. That's when you make a coaching change. And I don't know that there is an intuitive you know, successor, whether it's Jerry Gray, who has experience as a DC in the NFL, or Mike Smith, or whatever you want to do. I have, I have defended Mike Patton because the players have not been playing their best, and I think that starts with the players. But this many times over the course of a season where the players don't seem to be in the right positions or they're in bad positions or they're not playing well, at a certain point, you have to look at the coaching staff and say, you need to you need to fix this. And if you can't, then there are people out there who can. And we're going to give them a shot because you clearly can't do it. Now, I used to say all the time, look, when Dom Capers' players played better, he looked like a much better defensive coordinator. And last year, these guys did play better. But there are still too many... Third and third and sixes, third and sevens, where they're rushing three. It happened again against the Vikings, and a uh, an OPI penalty bailed them out. That kind of stuff is just—it's not acceptable. 
And it may only be a handful of plays a game, but a handful of plays a game is the difference between winning and losing. And right now the Packers defense is not making those game-winning plays that are the difference between winning and losing. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've entered another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. We do need to also talk about the offense because 22 points was not the number I thought this team would score against the Vikings group with no pass rush and with a million cornerbacks hurting. Cam Dantzler gets gets hurt in this game and multiple other corners get hurt in this game. And it's just like, this is when you should absolutely slice and dice this Vikings defense and the numbers for Aaron Rodgers are going to look good. 27 of 41 for 291 and three touchdowns. It's a 110.9 passer rating. But they couldn't they couldn't hit down the field. He misses Jay Sternberger on what could have been a big play. Uh, a wide throw to Robert Tanyan turns a big play that could have been a touchdown into just a big play. And then, you know, the, the concepts. And, and again, Daryl Johnson pointed this out during the game. They weren't really able to find much going on underneath, or they didn't try. They didn't seem to be probing the interior of this of this Vikings defense. And part of that is because Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks are so good, and, and Anthony Harris too. Part of it is, you know, guys like Equinemius St. Brown have two drops in, in, in crucial spots. Tyler Irvin had a drop on a jet sweep. A.J. Dillon had a drop. So, you know, there were there were some issues with the receivers as well. I, I think you can make the case this is a game that says to Brian Gutekinst, go get Will Fuller. Go get Will Fuller because even against two deep safeties, that guy can get deep. And Devontae Adams pulled so much attention. I mean, seemingly every play that didn't go to Adams was a play that was designed for him to pull attention away from someone else so they could get open. Imagine if you had someone else that was good in that spot. Well, that was Alan Lazard and this team was rolling, but now defenses have adjusted. So where is the adjustment from the Green Bay Packers? They ran the ball fine. I mean, they really did. Jamal Adams, 16 carries, 75 yards. That's 4.7 yards per carry. A.J. Dillon, 5 carries, 21 yards. He also had um, the uh, the 16-yard swing route even after the drop. They went right back to him. Jamal Williams had six catches in this game, albeit only for 27 yards. Most of them were just outlet passes. The running backs were fine. This was not a game where the Vikings made the Packers play left-handed. They didn't. They were able to run the ball. It was penalties. Green Bay had one of its worst games of the season by penalties, sloppy penalties. I mean, Elton Jenkins doesn't get called for penalties, doesn't commit penalties. He gets called for two holding penalties in this game. Mercedes Lewis gets called for holding, but just some garbage penalties and, and, and easily avoidable. Now, the, the first Mercedes Lewis penalty was BS, just not a good call. And I don't know what you expected. Daryl Johnson said on the broadcast, he did what I would have done. Once the hands get outside the frame, you let go. Because the holding that Mercedes Lewis did on that play happens every single game. 
and 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 almost every single play. So it just that part of it doesn't make sense to me. But this offense has to find some better answers. They have to find some better solutions to the way these teams are going to play them, or every team is going to do it. And and Houston said, "Oh, uh, all that work that that the Buccaneers did last week, yeah, we don't care. We're just we're going to play our man coverage, and we're going to let Devontae Adams run wild, which is what they did. And look at what happened in the red zone." You can't stop this team because Adams is so good and and Matt LaFleur has schemed up so many beautiful concepts. The Packers in the red zone in this game were three for three. And they made the right call down 14 to go for two. They got that. They were in a position to go down and win the game. They had a heave to win the game. And I I think this is one of those cases where you can say some of the close game luck comes back and, and the bounce of the ball and some of that regression happens. But this offense is capable of of much more than they showed on Sunday. They didn't execute particularly well. I thought they'd be able to run it more effectively against a below-average run defense. I thought they would be able to throw it more effectively given that Minnesota cannot pressure the quarterback. Part of this is on the coaching staff for the approach. Part of it is on Aaron Rodgers, and part of it is on these pass catchers. Part of it is on Brian Gutekunst for not doing more to get more depth of playmakers on this team. And, you know, I have I have defended Goody and said, you know, look at look at the beginning of the season. They won all they win all these games. The offense is looking so great. And, and all that's true. The offense still averaged over six yards per play. Uh, you know, they still went over a hundred yards rushing and they were effective running the ball. They were effective throwing it. It was it was really more about the defense. They only got eight possessions in this game and really only tried to score on seven of them because one was with 30 seconds left in the first half. So, you know, seven possessions, it's weird. You, they only had two first half possessions and they scored on both. I mean, if I told you going into this game, the Packers would, would score on all of their first half possessions, you'd have, you'd have said they won by 20. They, they won 45-17 or something. It is something that has to work in tandem. So, no, Green Bay's run defense has not been good. Part of the reason it mattered more in this game is because the Vikings were able to stick with the run and they were able to make this a grinded out kind of game. They were able to score on all four of their first four possessions. Well, this goes back to what I said after the NFC Championship game and what I said all offseason. It's not just that you have to be a good run defense. I don't believe you need to be a good run defense. And it's not that run defense doesn't matter. I just don't care about it as much. Green Bay also did not play particularly inspiring passing defense. Kirk Cousins averaged over 10 yards an attempt. Uh, And the, the, the screen pass obviously was a big part of that. But you, you have to work in tandem. You have to play complementary football. I mean, of the 20 first downs, only 11 for the Vikings were running. That means they were able to get six through the air, and then you get three more by penalty. Penalties were a big part of this game. It was sloppy. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he he was trying to find some answers and said, you know, this is, you know, we we had fans the last two weeks and didn't have fans this time. And, you know, maybe we didn't handle the elements the same way that we have in years past. And he made some excuses. I don't know if those excuses are fair. And maybe they're not excuses. Maybe it's an explanation. And he's just going, look, he felt like they were prepared. So this was not a bad week of practice. But both he and Matt LaFleur talked about juice. 
and not having any juice. And you can't, I mean, this is Lambeau Field. This is Packers Vikings. You can't come out and not have any juice. And I think it affects the defense more than the offense. But still, I mean, Green Bay in the second half, they don't score that that third touchdown until late in the fourth quarter. In in the third quarter, their offense was just bad. I mean, it was bad. They, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't get out of their own way. They couldn't stop committing penalties. And defensively, they couldn't get turnovers. They couldn't get sacks. And even when they did get negative plays, they couldn't get off the field. I mean, you have a, seven and, a second and 19 and you can't get off the field. I mean, that just can't happen. It just can't happen. But I think when you look at where this team is offensively and what they've done over the course of the season, they've still been really good. There's just There was just a little lull. In the second half, You know they only punted the ball once all game. But that first drive coming out of halftime, they, they turn it over on downs uh, after the drop by, by EQ on third and 10 and then the heave. That I wouldn't say that's a drop, but that's a play that you would you would want him to make. They had to punt it on the next possession because they were facing a fourth and 22 after back-to-back holding penalties. And then again, they turn it over on downs, down 14 on fourth and nine on a play where there absolutely should have been DPI. They score a touchdown to make it 28-22 and then have the fumble. So it was really just two bad possessions, three bad possessions on the day, and that was enough. Well, this is this is what complimentary football looks like. If you only have eight possessions and you're really only trying to score on seven, you can't have your defense play poorly and your offense go to sleep for half of their possessions. Because if you have 10 possessions in a game or 12 possessions in a game, which is you know closer to normal, then you can't have five bad ones. You could say the Packers only had three bad drives in this game. They only punted once and they turned it over on downs twice in Vikings territory, by the way. So they moved the ball in all of those situations. But because the defense couldn't get stops, you can't afford to have those bad possessions. I don't think the Packers are in a position where they need to score 30 to win every game, but they needed to score 30 to win this game. And this has been a problem for them in the Matt LaFleur era. They take a punch, they get behind, and they don't handle it well. They get down a touchdown or two, and they struggle to come back. Now, you know, they did against Detroit last year, and in fact, since 2017, they have the most 14-point-plus comebacks in football with three. Three's not very many. You go down 14, you are probably losing. So you need to you need to be able to go down, not 14, because 14's a lot, especially in the second half. You need to be able to go down seven or 10 and not feel like you need to change a lot about what your offense is doing. But Green Bay has just not been in that position. They've just not been good enough in those situations. And frankly, the reason is because they don't have the horses. You don't have Aaron Jones. He's a big part of what they want to be in the passing game. You didn't see a lot of Jamal Williams split out, A.J. Dillon split out. You could have done that with Aaron Jones. You didn't see a lot of secondary pass catchers in terms of receivers being a part of this game plan. You would if Alan Lazard were out there. And that was something that Rodgers mentioned in postgame. Look, we're a different team when we have 13 and 33. Well, they might not have 13 and 33 for San Francisco, and they might not have 13 and 33 for the playoffs. 
One of those guys or both of those guys might be hurt. Who knows? You you can't rely on being totally healthy to win these games because plenty of teams have injuries. Every team has injuries. You have to find ways to overcome them. And Green Bay, unfortunately, has not found a way to overcome those injuries. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've added six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, and carrot cake to a stacked roster of flavors. Flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, salted caramel, peanut butter brownie, all covered in 100% chocolate, all soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person because even though they taste great, and they really do taste great, they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. With the power of academic medicine, the Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network makes more possible, more humanly possible for patients, like Aaron Rodgers does for his offense. More innovations that lead to life-saving treatments, more breakthroughs for complex diseases, and more locations across the region so that academic medicine is never far. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is Eastern Wisconsin's only academic health system. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care research to find groundbreaking cures and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. Academic medical centers provide greater access to clinical trials, which can lead to breakthrough treatments and life-saving drugs. Freighter and MCW physicians have been a part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent, diagnose, and treat diseases. It all adds up to more possibilities. And when we do everything humanly possible, you can too. To learn more, visit www.freighter.com. I do think it is worth wondering as we sit here, what changes on Thursday. We have a shortened time here, so there is, I think, ample opportunity for us to get a little preview in. Matt LaFleur was unequivocal about it. If Green Bay doesn't change the way their defense plays, and, and that doesn't mean scheme or, or anything other than execution necessarily, they're going to get steamrolled on the ground by the 49ers. And it is the case, sure, that the 49ers and the Vikings are unique. Not every team has Delvin Cook. Not every team has Kyle Shanahan. And maybe the Packers don't even see the the 49ers in the playoffs. I mean, I mentioned this on Twitter. What if the Packers in the playoffs face the Bears, the Bucks, and the Seahawks? Does their run defense really matter that much? Really, it doesn't. And if the Packers, you know, lose to the, the 49ers, I could still win 12 or 13 games. They might be favored in every game the rest of the season after this 49ers game. I think what Brian Gutekinds has to figure out is where do they go from here? Do you Are you incentivized to make a play for Will Fuller? Ian Rappaport reported on Sunday that this, this interest in Fuller goes back to last year and, and into the summer. And, and this team has sort of had their eye on Will Fuller going, hmm, maybe there's something we can do here. And whether or not that that's something that that actually comes to fruition, we will see. I think it, it changes this offense in a fundamental kind of way. 
And I know that there are going to be fans who say, well, they need to trade for someone on defense. Well, Quinton Williams is probably not available. And there aren't that many other guys who are going to move the needle. It doesn't sound like J.J. Watt is going to be dealt. So I think we can scratch that one off the list. You know, I've heard names like Avery Williamson. Linebacker play is not necessarily a, a panacea for what ails the Packers. So for me, I'd rather say, okay, what does this team do well right now? Well, offense, offense. So why not make this the best offense you can possibly make it? I, I think there are, is wisdom in saying, okay, let's add where we're weak. But how about let's add the piece that makes this team maximally better? I don't think Avery Williamson moves the needle very much defensively. I don't even think Quinnen Williams, at least in, in 2020, moves the needle the same way someone like Will Fuller does. Because if you're going to play two shell, and great, okay, you're going to play two safeties deep, and you're going to make the Packers get the ball to someone other than Devontae Adams. Well, what if Will Fuller is the guy t- trying to take the top off the defense? And now you've got a corner and a safety you might have to allocate to that side of the field. It makes it much harder to deal with Devontae Adams. And if you want to try and give safety help to his side too, well, now you put Fuller and Adams on the same side of the field. And you make that really difficult. Or you run concepts where you're getting those guys going in opposite directions. I mean, the, the the opportunities are endless to what someone like Will Fuller could do for this offense. And I do think it amps up the urgency with which Brian Gutekinds is making his phone calls. Now, he has until Tuesday. And, you know, th- th- there is still stuff that could materialize here in the next couple of days. I wouldn't hold your breath necessarily, but Green Bay is clearly interested. They're tr- they're clearly trying to make this work, and I do wonder if a game like this makes them more interested in doing that. That being said, it doesn't help their run defense for Thursday. So what are the, the quick fixes? Well, there are no quick fixes. They need to play with more, more discipline. They need to tackle better. That's where it starts. And the offense has to be good. The offense has to be better than it was last year. It needs to be more like it was in the second half. You need to be able to push the ball down the field. You need to stay aggressive. You need to go on fourth down. You need to go for two. You need to you need to you stay absolutely in that all gas, no break mindset because I don't think Green Bay did that on Sunday. Maybe a, a game against the 49ers, you know, you're, you're trying to wash that, that gross taste out of your mouth. You have the opportunity to make that happen. On Thursday, it's a quick turnaround. Aaron Rodgers said it. You know, it's it's kind of good that they get to do that because you get to put this game behind you. If you beat the 49ers, if the Packers beat the 49ers, no one is going to remember that they lost to the Vikings, right? It's going to be, oh, they beat the 49ers. They got the monkey off their back, and now they can move forward. Hopefully, they can do it with David Bakhtiari, Al Lazard, and Aaron Jones. All right. Same as always this week. We got Expert Tuesday. We've got Zayu doing crossover Thursday. And then, of course, our Friday show will be breaking down everything that happened on Thursday to give you the maximum amount of coverage that you can get on Packers 49ers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 941-3775 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.